Hey everybody, welcome to the season premiere of the Ron Pertee Show. Uh, Paul Solid is the guest this week, director Grace, new upcoming Dark Summer, good movie. Uh, Grace, I haven't seen Dark Summer yet, I'm not gonna lie to you, no point in seeing why I should lie. But, um, hope everybody had a good new year. Um, I, uh, it's always indifferent to mine, I don't know, something about it just kind of was, it was there, you know, so, but, uh. Yeah, well, I hope you had a good New Year, and uh, we're taking a uh, show in a, a different direction. I'm going to kind of be more stream of consciousness, I suppose, if that's a, a phrase. Um, if, if there's a guest lacking, but the way things are going, I don't think that's going to be the case, so we'll see what happens. Um, you can head over to romperty.com. And uh, see all sorts of cool things. I'm actually doing a lot more writing. I don't know if I'll put it up there or where, but it's going to show up somewhere. Um, and at uh, uh, Ron Pertee, be sure to follow me on Twitter for all the updates. And like on Facebook. Like the show on Facebook. Not like on Facebook. I actually know how to use conjoining words. But uh, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash the Ron Pertee show. Um, I don't want to bore you too much, but it was a lot of fun uh, talking to Paul. Uh, this is this this episode is is for the real. Uh, I don't want to say film nerds, but if you're curious about the intricacies of things, the way that the way they work, um, yeah, this is the episode for you. So, without further ado, here's uh, my interview with Paul Solid. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Macon Blair, and you are listening to the Ron Perti Show. Uh, so, my guest this week on the season premiere of the of the program uh, is a, a very uh, um, the, the critics love you, and uh, so do so do the fans. Paul Soleil, thank you so much for being on. Thanks, man. Good to be here. Thanks for having me back. No, no. My na- my name is actually Paul Solit. It so- rhymes with wa- rhymes with wallet, but many people call me Soleil, and I rarely correct them. Oh well, all right. There you go. See. But but you're an old friend, so I figured I'd let you know. All right, there you go. See, people. Now you. Now everybody knows. Now my. The couple, word is out. Now my couple of people that listen will know. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, last time we talked, it was uh, a lot about grace, and uh, if people want to know what's going on with that, they can go back and listen to the old episode. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bore you with that. Um, but uh, I know with this film, uh, Mike Lee was the writer on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, a couple of things right off the bat when you see the trailer is I got to ask you what it was like working with Peter Stormare. Oh, I love Peter. I mean, I've been a huge Peter Stormare fan, obviously, for many, many years before I met Peter. So getting to work with him was just terrific. And he really is, I mean, he's, he is all you would expect him to be. I mean, he's a, he's incredibly talented. He's a remarkable presence and he is an incredibly hard worker. You know, I mean, he's just incredibly, incredibly hard. Um, hard worker, you know, like is, um, there's always something, there's always a secret. There's always, he's always working with something under the surface. So every single take you're getting something, something different and something interesting. And you're watching, you know, this, this character sort of evolve before your eyes. And he's very, very hard to direct Peter Stormare without having a huge grin on your face. Oh, I can imagine. Cause I mean, uh, for those who don't know, uh, who Peter Stormare is? Uh, you have a, you're uh, li- probably listening on a computer, which means that you're uh, you're you have access to your Google, you know. But uh, for those that don't know, he was in Fargo. That's probably what he's best known for, I'd think. Pancakes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but what I loved him in was uh, Constantine. Oh yeah. I, I thought he was an amazing Lucifer. 
Oh, he's amazing, Lucifer, of course. I mean, he's just amazing to begin with. But uh, now, did he, uh, when you guys were, I know you were really uh, one of the more prepared directors on the planet. You go in and you have everything all set before you start shooting. Did he have, did he, like, say, well, would you ever think about doing it this way? Did you guys ever have any conversations like that? Or did he just kind of just go with the way it's, the way you wanted it to be? Or Oh, no, I had extensive conversations with him. I mean, I, I when you have an actor like that, if you're if you don't, utilize their craft you are you are i mean i think you know foolish really you know like it's just an incredible resource you know of of knowledge and wisdom and experience at your at your disposal and so it's sort of like i mean absolutely i talked with peter extensively you know um i talked with all i talked with all the actors extensively i mean i really like to you know i mean it, you know i mean i've said it before like it just auteur theory is is a fascinating thing and you know uh, you know academically but the reality is that this is a fundamentally you know collaborative process and and you know working with the actors you know getting to work with the actors getting to work with actors like peter and like here and like grace and maestro and stella you know the you know the the thing just becomes something much much um you know it, it, it's elevated, you know, just by 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 their very presence and by their very ideas and their perspective, because they're looking at this cross section of the piece with this intensity um, that you you know that you couldn't possibly have. You know, their perspective is is uh, is sort of you know focused in a way, um, and when they bring all of that knowledge and experience to because these are all incredible, incredible actors. This cast is really, really great. Um, you know, so when you when 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 you know craftsmen of that caliber bring that level of focus to to, to a part specifically, you know, and to the nuances of the part, to each line and to the moments between the lines, then you know you've got something really special. Right now, for those that aren't familiar. Um, a lot of people, I mean, if for, to, to dumb it down for folks, because everybody likes things dumbed down for them, I suppose. Um, when it comes to uh, the film, it's uh, people, I guess, have said that it's kind of um, like, a, like a, a teen horror ghost story in a way. How does this one, you know, on a, a different level than your average one? You know, I mean, structurally speaking, it is not too dissimilar from your average ghost movie. And that was one of the things that I found exciting about this project. You know, I, I, I you know, I, I write, I write my own stuff and I write for a living. Um, and so I'm, I'm usually really very story conscious and, and, um, and very wary of anything familiar. But I, I, this was very, really exciting to me because I, I was like, okay, well, this is sort of a familiar subgenre. Let's see if we can bring something to this that you know that makes it um, something we haven't seen before. You know, let's because I, I I reading the script right away. I plugged into a few things. I plugged into you know from a cinematic standpoint, it is just incredibly ripe um, with these sort of things that are just sort of re readily exploitable. You know, f visually and sonically, you've got you know this protagonist whose perspective is like, you know, just sort of bombarded by all these conditions, you know, he's, he's extremely isolated and he has, you know, I mean, he, he has sort of this, there's this 
thing happening to him that he doesn't quite understand. That's like, you know, it, it, it's like um, it's somewhere between a sickness and a, and a siren call, you know. And um, and so those things to me immediately, you know, just were incredibly exciting. And then even deeper than that, you know, the core of the movie to me, where I really connected with it personally was like. I remember what it was like to be a teenager. I remember how important everything felt, how everything felt like the stakes were life and death. Every decision, every relationship, every rejection, you know, uh, every possibility, every, everything, every, everything felt like it was the end of the world, like it was the whole world. Mm. You know, everything just sort of like vibrated with this intensity. And, and that is a that is a cinematically accessible theme. You know, that's something that we all know, first of all, so we all connect to personally, you know, like, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, wanting someone that we cannot have. And that's right. a sort of another theme that we saw in Grace. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's something that it can be made visual. It's something that can inform all of your choices and inform the atmosphere of the piece. Um, and so that to me, like this was a very, this was much less of a sort of a, you know, I mean, you know, this was much, much more about theme and tone and, and characters, uh, than it was about, um, the twists and the scares for me. Right. Well, I think uh, if you, you know, if you're doing a, a film like this, you kind of have to build the characters up and make almost make the, you know, <clears throat> the jump scares or anything like that kind of secondary. Otherwise, people aren't going to care. Yeah, I agree completely. And well put. I mean, that's that is the crux of the horror movie problem when you find it. You know, like if a movie isn't working for you in this genre, I mean, almost inevitably, it's because you just don't care about the characters yet. Right, right. Now we you, can oh, jump on. scares can be done. You know what I mean? I mean, we know how to do that. You know, um, you know what I mean? It, it, it's really about just plugging in personally with these people. Oh, without a, without a doubt. Now, with uh, you tend to have music almost becomes its own uh, entity uh, when it comes to to your stuff. And I was wondering what your process of process was while working with the composer this time. Uh, you know, as against you know. Um, you know, like how how it's different from Grace. I mean, how how did you approach the the score uh, in, in terms of serving the story and its themes? I'm glad you said that. I mean, Austin Wintory did both Grace and Dark Summer, and you know, you you wouldn't necessarily know that because they are very very different scores. But uh, Austin is really one of my most important collaborators and partners, and he is someone I've known a very long time. He's a close friend, and he is a fucking remarkable talent. He is not like other composers, or at least in our relationship, you know, the way that he comes in. Um, when we start talking about a, th about a project, you know, in its infancy, I mean, when I'm pitching on it, you know, I, I, I'm talking to Austin about it a lot of the time. If it becomes a serious thing that I really would like to do, I am talking to Austin. And, you know, he's reading the scripts, he's reading the changes, you know, he's... Um, you know, we're sending sort of references back and forth and we're sort of, we begin this process of triangulation very early on. Um, and, you know, with Grace, you know, Austin and I had been talking about it for literally years. With Dark Summer, the main difference was just Dark Summer happened very quickly. You know, uh, producer Ross Dinnerstein approached me with, um, 
with the uh, with this project and he said you know I'm going to make this in 3 months you know if you want to direct it you know I'd love to have you Ross and I you know Ross is someone I respect a great deal we've been pitching back and forth for a long time you know it was a cool team um and uh and so you know we just didn't we just went for it and we didn't have that much time um so Austin didn't have as much time either on this and the very one of the really interesting things was I mean you know this script clearly called for you know a score that was you know that 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 was composed of ones and zeros it wanted to be synthetic and we played around with pushing up against that notion um and it just felt dishonest It, it felt dishonest and um and you know i don't know it felt like a sort of rebellion for the sake of rebellion um, and so we listened to what the script wanted and what the what the atmosphere wanted, and it was that it was synth. And so Austin Austin is a Austin's a Grammy nominated you know classical composer. I mean he's like he's he that is that is his background. But he is incredibly versatile. Even still, this was something that was that I, he had never done. He had never done something like this. And and he you know this just proved to me that that he is just you know he can do anything austin can do anything he 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 you know he sought the help of some uh some friends of his i think from germany and they you know they they create custom um you know synthetic uh uh uh, modules like you know for composers and so he literally had equipment built in his studio to create this score and um and he did it. I mean, and he and he just. I mean, this is the score is just one of my very favorite things about this. You know, I mean, I'm just so I'm just in awe of him. You know, right. Now, when it excuse me, when it comes to you know, let's step away from score for a second and talk about the cinematography. Oh, uh, please. Yeah, we uh, you you worked with Zoran before on Grace, and now he's back again for Dark Summer. Um, what I mean, when you find somebody like that, how hard is it to hold on to a, a, a you know a cinematographer that you you know once you find somebody you, you want to latch on to him and you don't want him to go anywhere else? I, I I don't not want Zorn to go anywhere else. I love when Zorn goes other places. I, I love to see what he does. You know, I mean Zorn is you know Zorn is my partner in crime. I mean I really you know we have a shorthand and we have a history together and we have a very close friendship and. You know, I am, and I remain in awe of him. I, there is never a time when I'm around him that I am not learning. You know, I mean, he is he is the real deal, you know, as an artist and as a technician and as a human being. The guy's just incredibly highly evolved as a human being. And, uh, and I love him. You know, I love to work with him. I love to be around him. And we love to work together. So, you know, I think, you know, the it's a partnership. You know, it's a partnership. I mean, it's like, it's like, uh, I mean, I, you know, the best thing I compare it to is a long-term relationship, you know, like, you know, you, you, you work together and, and you, you know, and, you know, ideally it defaults to this sort of state of grace where you have this kind of creative shorthand. And, and that is very much what I have with him. And I, I don't know, you know, like I, I always, he always pushes me. I always, always feel like I am growing everything I do with him, big or small. You know, we just did this little anthology segment. We shot for two days, you know, and, but even that, you know, I really felt like he and I got to explore some stuff we didn't, you know, some stuff we hadn't, you know, done yet together, which was terrific. 
you know, and then over the over the summer, you know, we shot um, we shot a proof of concept piece in Serbia together um, for the next feature that I'm going to do, and uh, and again, same thing, you know, just I mean, you know, just you know, there's nothing there's nothing I value more, you know, than those partnerships, you know, with Zorin, with Austin, you know, and uh, you know, I, I you know, I now have a I have a relationship with an editor. Um, named Josh Ethier who cut Dark Summer that's really been blossoming you know um, these are you know these are this is I mean I live for this stuff you know like it's about it's about people and it's about sort of you know working together to create something um, something bigger than you know than you could on your own right now when it comes to color in the film because when you see the trailer uh, it, it really seems like color is going to have a big uh, hand in the, in the, the storytelling almost of the film. Uh, how did you go about working that in? I mean, what colors did you kind of decide off, out of the gate that you needed to work with in this one? Well, we, you know, you work with a production designer, um, you know, uh, you know, to sort of um, build the palette of the movie, and you sort of between the production designer and the cinematographer. And then the colorist, you know, these these three craftsmen sort of, you know, you work with them to sort of triangulate and figure out what, you know, what feels right. And, um, you know, part of it is sort of what the what the environment gives you. I mean, this house we shot in, this is a tiny little house in North Hollywood. It was virtually impossible to shoot in there, especially with two cameras. And, you know, it was a very, very hot summer. It was 105 degree days. You know, um, you know, you, you know, you, your camera team like couldn't wear shirts, and li literally, like they sweated so much, one of them electrocuted himself on the camera. Oh, Jesus. You know, like it's, it was like Bikram filmmaking. I mean, it was really, it was very, very, it was very, very intense. But everyone was, just, everyone had a, you know, I mean, it was a really, really dedicated, really skilled team. You know, especially for, you know, uh, a production of this size. Um, but you know, as far as color goes, that that environment. That environment, you know, you see that it's, it's, there's these sort of like, uh, you know, these sort of mahogany, you know, sort of walls, you know, and, and that, that sort of, you know, gives you this sort of baseline kind of earth tone palette, you know, and it's this kind of a, this kind of oppressive, you know, environment. And you've got these vertical lines, you know, I mean, it really just sort of was like you walked in there and actually I, I walked in there and I said, oh my God, this is, it's beautiful, but it's incredibly small. And I just, you know, and then and then Zorin, um, who you know, held up his camera, and you know, he he says he says Paul, you know, look look at this, you know, like it's it's beautiful, you know, like. And I said, can you work in here? And he said, we'll we'll, we'll make it work, you know. So um, you know, so that house was a sort of baseline for the palette, the 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 sort of the you know the unsung hero. <clears throat> is um, you know is is uh, our colorist Harris, who is also a DP, who's an old friend of Zorin's and has become a you know a good friend of mine as well. Um, and he just, I mean, he is just a remarkable. He's, just, he's remarkable at what he does. You know, I mean, a movie like this, you you know you 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 know you know we, we don't have the budget to go to, to you know to Technicolor or to you know or you know to Deluxe. And thank God, because if we had, we never would have met Harris. Um, and, you know, Harris, we worked with Harris in his living room, you know. Right. Um, you know, he puts up the, you know, he, he blacks out the windows and, and we sit in there for, you know, 9, 10, 12 hours at a time. 
And, you know, he is a guy who is just so meticulous. You know, like he has, he's got that pride in his work that is, I mean, that's just, that's the, that's the thing that, you know, department heads like Austin and Zorin and Josh and, you know, and Ariana, you know, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and Harris have, I mean, it's like this, it's, you, you, I mean, I know we can't really sleep at night unless you've really given it your all. You know, at that point, once you've given it your all, you let it go. It's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. It never belonged to you. Right. You know, it belongs to the viewers. It belongs to, to the, to the team. It belongs to the crew. It belongs to everyone else, you know, but, um, you know, but Harris, man, oh my God, he just brought so, so much to this. And, and, uh, you know, Ross, you know, to his credit as a producer, you know, I mean, this is a very, very hard job making movies, you know, that look um, like real movies at this budget. Um, and Ross, you know, Ross and uh, and Daniel Solinger, um, you know, our, uh, you know, our co-producer, like those guys just, they work magic to get us, you know, whatever they possibly could in this amount of time with a, with a crew this small. And, and, um, and, you know, to Ross's credit, he really saw the, you know, the importance of, of what Harris was doing and how much he was bringing to the project. And he, um, you know, he, he got us the, you know, he got us the extra time, you know, he got us the extra time. For those uh, cinephiles and uh, camera junkies uh, <laughs> listening right now, what did you, what did you shoot the film on? Uh, the Alexa. The Alexa. Okay. Now, is that that's is that a red? Is that not a red camera? Is it? No, that's an Ari camera. It's uh, you know, it's um, it's uh, it doesn't have the same you know resolution as the red camera, but it has a sort of a digital emulsion, if you will, that is much more like film. It's a bit creamier, and um, I don't know. It's sort of much richer. You know, Zorn could explain it a little better than I could. It still has. You know, it still has lots of latitude. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful, 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 amazing camera. I mean, it really is gorgeous. Okay. Now, you, uh, with Grace and now with Dark Summer, you've had Adam Barnett come on as the uh, documentarian, if you will. Oh, yeah. Now, is how important is to, is it to document the making of the film to you? Is that something that, I mean, does he, does he approach you with that? Or is that something you just say, hey, we're doing another another show, let's let's get this going kind of thing? I mean, is that is that something that you feel you need to have? I, I think it's completely critical. I mean, I really do. I think that's how we learn. That's how I learned, you know? I mean, you know, not everybody gets to go to film school and, you know, like, I, you know, I was lucky enough to get to go to film school, but I got to tell you, you know, like I learned as much studying films and studying behind the scenes. And, you know, Adam Barnick is, is a filmmaker. You know, Adam Barnick is the only guy I know who does behind the scenes the way that, you know, that he does. I mean, he is, he is incredibly thoughtful and meticulous and, you know, studies the material. He knows the material as, as well as I do by the time he is there on set. I mean, Adam is a real partner, you know, he, you know, I mean, he has slept on my floor in multiple different countries, you know, <laughs> to shoot behind the scenes. I mean, he really is, um, he's remarkable. He has an incredible eye. I mean, he's a real filmmaker. Adam is a director, you know, I mean, I just, I can't wait to see, you know, him do a feature. I mean, he's, um, he is just, I mean, I, I cannot say enough, you know, I cannot say enough about Barnick. You know, he really is just an essential partner. And he was also, you also mentioned him, and I hate to bring it up, but Jack Chop, you mentioned him very briefly, if I remember correctly. Oh, of correctly. course. 
Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I mean, that was a, that, that was, you know, Adam Green and I, you know, working together and he shot Adam's stuff too. You know, the other thing on this was because we shot in LA, my friend Sergio, Sergio Panero, who's also a filmmaker and, you know, you know, a, a director and a photographer, you know, he, uh, he and Adam collaborated on the behind the scenes here. Um, and, you know, Serge is someone who, you know, he's in some ways, he's kind of like, you know, my West Coast Barnick. I mean, he's, you know, these are guys that are, you know, they do not phone it in, you know, I mean, if I have a if I have an incredibly important pitch, you know, like, I call Serge, you know, and I say, you know, he's someone who knows after effects, and he knows, you know, he can cut and he can, I mean, there's nothing Serge cannot do, you know, so these guys are just incredibly, incredibly important. I really do believe in documenting the process. I, I, I really hope that IFC, um, you know, puts it together. They, they shot gorgeous material. I mean, gorgeous material. And, you know, on Grace, that was pre-DSLR, you know. It's like, you know, now they're shooting on, you know, these are really great photographers and great directors shooting with awesome cameras and good lenses. And, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I just I hope that we can find a way to, to get, you know, to get, get that material out there. Now, I know uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more at, near the end about uh, the where it's going to be playing, but this is only in a limited release, right, Dark Summer? Yeah, very small. Yeah, very small theatrical. I don't know the details of theatrical. But I know it's going to be on VOD the same yes. day. So people, yeah. people can see it right away, but I think I saw something uh, over on Dread Central. There's a little nod for Uncle Creepy. But, uh, I uh, love the guy. Oh, he's so great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember he, he came to Wisconsin uh, to watch Pearl Jam's 20th anniversary. And uh, I, I I live in Wisconsin. I could have met up, but it's just you know too much going on at once. But uh, let's see. Oh, uh, IFC Center and Arena Cinema websites. If you want to find out where you can get tickets, it comes out this Friday, the ninth. If you're listening to this, if you're, it's a much later, then I don't know. Maybe it's you know maybe it's maybe it's made 150 million dollars. You never know at that point. You never know. You never know. Uh, now let's let's get to a couple of fun questions here. You when you take pictures on your Instagram, it's almost like art in and of itself. Do oh, you cool. ever do you ever plan on putting out a book with all of your Instagram photos? Oh, that's a cool idea. No, I never think about that. I just I do think Instagram is so cool. I just love Instagram. I mean, I think it's the most fun thing. I try to take. I mean, I I try to only put up stuff that I take on my phone. You know what I mean? Like I I, I try not to cheat. Right. Um, you know, which I think is a great challenge, you know, like I think that's, what, you know, not to mention these phones are, I mean, these phones are beautiful. I mean, I, I think the new, I don't have the iPhone 6 yet, but the, uh, it's gorgeous. I mean, the, these, these lenses are, I mean, there's like, you know, six, seven, eight elements in these lenses. They're like two, you know, they're like, you know, they're like, you know, 2.2, you know, I mean, it's unbelievable, you know, what you can, and there, and it's sort of every, you know, it, 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 it's like, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's Eastman's dream. It's like, you know, every, everybody has a, has a, has a camera in their pocket, you know? Yeah. And it's, and then this, with the six, it looks great. Uh, oh, it, yeah. it, it's, uh, it, it's amazing that the video you can take on it. I would, I would probably never put anything out with it, but I mean, just to have, like, if you take a quick video of a band or something, it, it's, mm. it's not bad. Mm. Um, but now folks can, uh, see, so the folks can see the film this Friday, the 9th, uh, go check out the IFC Center website, Arena Cinema websites to find out tickets or everybody else. It's not going to be on VOD. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the film. Looks like it's going to be amazing as always. I don't think I've seen anything that you've put out that's bad. 
So oh, thank you. Let me, thank let me you. knock on wood here real quick. You, oh, I'm doing it too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, folks can follow you uh, on Twitter. Um, I keep. Is there an underscore? Or no, there's no underscore. No, yeah. No, my, my Twitter and my Instagram are the same. It's just at, at Paul Solid. There you go. There you go, folks. Go ahead, follow. And we're and I think the movie and the movie's on iTunes as well on the ninth. Well, that's even better because I don't usually do the VOD stuff, so iTunes is my is my jam. As the right kid, on. As the kids say today. Right on. But uh, now I know you're you're big with the the tattoos. You plan on getting any more? I got most of my tattoos before the age of sixteen. Actually, um, <laughs> I uh, you know I I started young, and uh, I've gotten I think I've only gotten one tattoo as an adult. Um, like one legal tattoo, but yeah, I mean, it's possible, you know, it's possible. The inspiration may strike. You never know. It's possible. That's very true. Paul, it's been a blast having you back on. Talk about dark summer. We'll have to have you back on again. Good to be back anytime, my man. Hey everyone, this is Kelly Carlin and you're listening to the Ron Pertee show. So there you have it folks. My interview with Paul Sollett. Uh, I really want, I appreciate everybody who does listen to the program. And I know in the beginning there, I ingest the few people that did. But um, I, I do want to thank everybody who does listen. And uh, if you're keeping count, this is like episode 131 or something. I don't know. But uh, uh, nothing to sneeze at. And I've been doing that a lot today. So maybe, I don't know, I have allergies to snow. Might be time to get out of Wisconsin. Might. But uh, again, I want to thank everybody. And head over to ronpertee.com, at ronpertee on Twitter. And uh, like the, the show on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Ron Pertee Show, and head over to uh, patreon.com forward slash Ron Pertee. If you want to help support the show, new episode every week, um, you can do so for a paltry dollar a month. Dollar a month. How about that? And I'm not even starving. But it's to help with the show because uh, we got a lot of cool things coming up in, in March especially. So, uh, But we'll talk about more about that later. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. 